0: From Red to Black, A Homicide Life on
1: the Street podcast, I'm Joe. I'm Daniel. Today we're going to look at an episode entitled Extreme Unction, which was first shown October 28, 1994, at 10 p.m. on NBC. Um, before I give you the synopsis, I can just tell you it was written by Keith Manow, directed by Keith Gordon. Of keys and story editors were DC Fontana and James Yashimura. Brief summary: um, the church is asking that the public know the details of the murderers. Hamilton, meanwhile, gets an interesting time in the box with a witness who has multiple personalities and is shown to be the killer. But before he can get a confession, her lawyer arrives and she confesses. On television, Bayless becomes a not so silent partner. Both spend some time with his family, and decides to end his relationship with Megan. Hmm. That's a brief synopsis. Yeah, and you know, I think even
0: within that, there's some things I would argue uh, the accuracy of. But um, yeah, or that there's so, there is so much that happens in this episode. Um, this is the end of the last uh, what the three episodes story arc. arc that we're seeing here. Right. So there's a lot coming to a head, and then also they're still kind of plotting along with these like, like lower stakes personal stories. I mean, I guess they feel lower stakes compared to the Red Ball. Right. But the other storylines they're
1: covering here are are pretty important for the characters, I guess. And I, I, what I was going to say before before we started is, anytime you have an arc, to me. The last episode is always the weakest, yeah. Because the excitement, like in anything else, is the pursuit right. and the setup. Once it all happens, well, Bo's back with his wife. You know, they broke up. They solved the murder. It's like the air's being let out of the tires, so to speak. Yeah, that's just my comment on all episodes that resolve everything. The first one. Is usually the best yeah where things are crazy you don't know what's going on and then you know as things get answered not always but I think it holds true yes. I think that'll be an interesting thing to talk about maybe afterwards is if
0: these resolve these stories resolve in a satisfying or a surprising way you know like because I think that's what you want to do ultimately with that. the reason why it's so fun in the beginning is you, The choices are endless, right. and you are along for the ride to kind of dream up what could have happened and really put yourself in the, those characters' shoes. And I, I don't know. I think there's a, there, there's a conversation to be had there about the way that these uh, stories wrap up. Not just that they simply do wrap up <coughs> in this episode, but kind of the resolution we get for them. So, um, I don't know. Everything, this, <laughs> all, every story does feel important. It does feel like some are more important than others, though. So what's the storyline we want to walk through first? Is it the well, let's just
1: get out of the way, because I want you to explain it to me. Why does Stan go on the tie read? <laughs> that has nothing to do with the rest of the episode? Yeah. What's why did they do that? Or, it's funny and it was great. Yeah.
0: The cold open where he's just complaining about the Canadian yeah. Football League. And also like what he's getting upset <laughs> because people weren't rooting for the Bills or something like yeah,
1: that. Like, yeah. He... And he made a look at one of them like they rooted against the opposition. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, mean, I have no idea. I mean, that's just a funny cold open, I guess. Um, it was funny. Well, that's the
0: thing. He's so good at should... being mad. Yeah, and that is like the slice of what homicide does so well. It just kind of like captures this like banal moment between police officers at work. You know, like it's a slice of life. And right. it is. You're right. It's a funny observation. It's uh, covered well and then totally dropped. Right.
1: It doesn't come back in the episode at all. Well, if you want, let's let's discuss the Red Ball case yeah. since that's the biggest nut. Yeah,
0: um, I I I feel like this is something that I get I get to a lot. It happens a little bit with Side, but a lot of TV shows. I think it might even be what has like prevented me from really digging into Law and Order or digging into the NCIS shows. But this thing, where, like, for the last two episodes up to this point. I feel like I've been trying to do some kind of like heavy lifting, figuring out to to figure out who the killer is, you know, like or to like connect some of the clues, right. what they're overlooking or whatever, right. and like ultimately it doesn't matter. No, you know, like yeah. you're, this is originally this show started as a show that was not about the murders, right? Right. As it the personalities of the cops, there. correct. And in this episode, this is not about the murder, but it kind of is. You know, like, I would really like, agree. Like the story that's still being told, the thing that's interesting is what happened and who the
1: killer is, but there's no way you're going to guess that. Right. You know. Right. Right. They're absolutely impossible. Yeah. So there is she this... comes out of left field. And they they set up a clever
0: moment, I think, within this episode <laughs> and within introducing that character. Where very quickly it becomes you think she's one thing, and I guess I don't know when when Frank's talking about her and saying she's just here for a cigarette and a beer or. Really. Like, do you buy him? Do you think that she's just? I, I didn't buy him. Yeah. And,
1: and maybe because it's TV, right. more than more than anything else, I'm like, no, we're not going to bring this woman on unless she really is involved. Yeah.
0: And especially after they have that conversation about the reward, where they're talking with the priest, and he's saying that we need to do something to kind of clear our names in this. We're playing by your rules, not releasing the information. So, like, and they're saying that, well, you'll get an every nut off the street here coming in to claim your reward. Like her. Right. Yeah. So why would they dedicate any screen time to a nut they just talked right. about? Right. right. Yeah, I was interested in seeing kind of where that would turn out. And I guess it's been long enough since I saw this. I didn't remember that she was the killer. So that was, I think, a nice surprise. and And maybe that, you know, kind of justifies some of the decisions in the storytelling to just have that moment that you build up to.
1: But um, I I think a common theme that started from the beginning, Frank, again, is just wrestling with what he believes. He says, damn him. And the person says, who? And he says, God. And they don't think he's going to say that. He asks very big spiritual questions. And He's worried about the killer going unpunished. So he is still wrestling like he has been for more than this arc even with what he believes. And it it goes to his motivation. What's Frank's motivation? You're starting to see he wants the people who are guilty to get caught and go to jail. Yeah, that you know the tiller must not go unpunished. It starts the show, it ends the show. Right, it's got to be important. Well, but the, you know, G brings up that point at the
0: end, though, and it's sort of like that. Uh, uh, it's like a line from another another movie or something else. But it, uh, is it that? Is he motivated <laughs> in that he wants to see the people get caught? Right. Or is he motivated because he wants to be the one that catches him?
1: I think in this case, he was definitely irritated. And his ego was hurt that he didn't get her to confess. No doubt about it. But I don't find that at odds with him wanting people punished. Yeah. That's just another part of his personality. Frank is an egotist. He wanted the credit. And he feels that if they were to let him have another... Five minutes, which I don't think would happen. Yeah. But no, I don't find those two things I guess it's I guess it's what is his sense <laughs> of
0: justice then. And maybe that is like the now that I think about it, it's probably more compelling than the episode itself, though, is kind of figuring out like is he looking for the validation to himself that he did the good job? Or is it one of those things where he knows she would have gotten a harsher sentence mm-hmm. if he had gotten her to confess. Yeah. yeah. So is it is the justice the punishment that she gets or is it that it's, by, that it's delivered by him? And then he leaves, right? The last thing he says to her is that I hope that you get whatever you get from God. Out of this, right. That God right. settles the score. Right. that God punishes you. It almost seems like he's saying that for himself to hear. To feel like, look, I didn't do my job and that you're not going to rot in this cell You'll be out someday, or whatever. Right. You're gonna get a late sentence, but at least in this other non-physical realm, you will be punished for right. this. So yeah, I I mean yeah, there are. He has a really tense episode here, very where he's exploring these things that, that have been with this character since the beginning. He talks so much about his gr- you know growing up and his views on religion and where he's at, and it's funny that. I think before, like, they had referred to him, or he had been portrayed as, like, a fallen angel. And this one, it seems, there's less, like, black and white duality of being a lapsed Catholic. Right. Like, he seems like he is just, as, his upbringing is as present as his...
1: I, I agree. They've kind of switched that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so right. it's, it's He's a not lot so more,
1: lapsed. Yeah.
0: And it's a lot more complicated, and it's a lot more nuanced to take. I think on who that character is, rather than just saying like, "Oh, he is a he is an
1: angel doing God's work." And I, and I think what happens is, as these things happen to him in his life, he is changed. Yeah. Just like we all are. Right. If something happens, and all of a sudden, he can't be a lapsed Catholic. Right. This is thrown in his face. It brings up everything that he's been through, and he changes. Right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he really does seem
0: like he is tortured more by his abilities or lack thereof, right, to settle the score, Hmm. right? It seems like the thing that really is, like, irking him is not the murders, (laughs) it's his ability to affect change in the world around him, and, yeah, I mean, that's frustrating.
1: It's frustrating to watch him kind of deal with that. You know, um, when, you, when when go ahead. Well, I was, I was no, I was gonna. As to you moved along in the episode, I wrote down. Frank is in his element though. When they finally realize she's the killer. He is like. So um energized, and slightly insane. Right. Banging, <laughs> yelling, but. It's funny. Megan does not have the confidence in him that G does. Right. G is confident. Let him go. And some of those scenes, I don't want to skip too far ahead. No, that's... But they got really weird. Yeah, right. That's where I was going to go next was okay. saying
0: that we do see Frank, even in all of this, if you're going to tell the story of Frank Pendleton and you're going to show this conflicted character that's kind of torn between these two really polar opposite beliefs... Uh, you have to put him in the box, because yeah. that's that's where Frank right. is Frank. That's where he lives. So we get this really incredible moment that is one of the longest scenes in the history of the show, I think, up to this point, um, where he's in the box, he's interrogating this woman. He originally was like, there's no way this is her. He's trying to poke holes in her story. And then G comes in halfway and says "Your wife's on the phone. Right. And comes and <laughs> lets him know that they did a background Search They found the gloves and it looks like she... Not right. only is she... She's not... He, Frank is right. She's not a witness. Huh. She is the killer. Right. And so then he goes into this whole demeanor. Change. Right. Mm-hmm. And, he, and again, he is just... Insane. Possessed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Really crazy.
0: Yeah, he does things that are atypical for that character still. Even though we know... When he's in the box, he takes on a persona and he he's just different. He's a changed person there. But he is like like, manic or something. Well, well, I haven't
1: seen where they were practically having... They weren't, but it was like they were having sex. Yeah, right. Even though they They did did nothing like that. And even, like, he's putting the
0: cigarette in her mouth and stuff. Right, right. They're getting very intimate and weird. Yes. And so that's where you have... Yeah, where you have uh, Russert and G are in the... Are in the... uh, Behind the mirror watching this. And she's like, you can't do this. This is not what our... We'll get in trouble here. And G is just like <laughs> G was giving out like real um like over the top uh delivery on all of his lines where he was like, No, he knows what he's doing. Like let him, he's got him right
1: where he wants her. He's playing our game. Like And you knew that even G had some doubts. Yeah, yeah. Because it was getting really, really weird. But that is the genius of Frank to know where to go. And now one minute. He's angry. He's mad. And the next minute, he's her friend. He's sexy. That's Frank Pendleton. Yeah. He is... He's so good at being malleable and just understanding how to connect with someone. Right. Yeah, and that's. it seems like he was playing into the...
0: Whatever perceived weakness he had for each one of these personalities. Right? When he was talking to the the... Mary, the Irish bro uh-huh. which would just put on which uh, I mean we talk about it so much uh, on the podcast but like what another great one hit wonder for the actress oh yeah she's she, wonderful she, she nailed it yeah, and yeah, like wonderful. that's a difficult thing to do I would imagine changing between all those personalities but she sells it um, but you can see she's like kind of dressed up flirty she's out for a night on the town probably out of bars so Frank starts hitting on her and trying to, to like play towards what that character is motivated by um, I mean, he does that thing with the match where they, like, burn each other. Yeah. When she's playing like a kid, right? And following along, doing everything that he imitates. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's just kind of, like, to throw her off or to jar her loose or
1: something. I thought like she was trying to throw him off. Yeah. And he just... You can't... It's hard to throw Franco off. Yeah. I, you know, I should be careful
0: because I don't know... Anything at all about people who have multiple personality disorders I don't know how that how that functions but I mean when we get to the reveal and this is what the third or fourth reveal in this scene that is like oh man, what are they gonna do where the lawyer comes in and it almost seems as if she's been planning every piece of this right So while we think we're watching Frank the master at you know doing mental chess here, What's really happening is that he's getting played. Now, do you think he is? I mean, ultimately, huh. right? Ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. That's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and something I definitely didn't think about. No. Just watching the episode. But, I mean, uh, do you think her lawyer knew that she was the killer? Yeah. Before yeah. she was talking to Frank? I think so. Ah, wow, that's so, like, sinister, though.
1: Yeah. I I, I think he played Frank to a certain extent, but I'll never know. Right. Who knows? Yeah.
0: If she did actually have it all together and that was all part of her plan, or if she just really did get heroically saved by a scumbag lawyer or whatever. Right. I can, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then she uh, goes on TV and uh, it cops to the crime and they make it this emotional thing. Even the newscaster is like he has this, he's holding her hand. Yes. she's talking about how she killed all these people and that she's a product of you know whatever horrific events caused her
1: to be like this. Um, and, and really it has a bad effect on Frank. I mean he's very angry. yeah. Um, he said God's given up on us. And Frank cries. I mean, he was really upset. And again, why is he doing all that? I'm not quite 100% sure. Right. But that's what makes it homicide. You, is he crying because he didn't get the confession? Is he crying because he was duped? Is he crying because there's injustice and God's not watching him out for us? I don't know. Right. Or, or is it all those things? I don't know. Yeah.
0: That's Frank. Do you think that was uh, like uh, too uncharacteristic then even within the context of this episode? No. No. If, no. It fits with where he yeah. is. And that was
1: in front of the nun, right? Yeah. Right. Where he's more He's just sitting on the chair. Yeah. He didn't do it in front of any detective. Right. Out of the squad room. Yeah.
0: Right. And so they had like that tense conversation earlier in the episode or early in the arc like in the first episode or whatever. Um. So, yeah, I guess there's a little bit of resolution there. I mean, at least on that that character's uh, stake in the show. So, I mean, even... I guess even she was saying she sort of had some level of forgiveness. If the the woman who was killed was here, she would hold the hand <laughs> and, like, take the side of the killer, she says, right? Like, because she's dedicated her life, life life to helping people like that. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I mean, that's. I, I. I wonder if if maybe part of this episode that I, that didn't sit well with me was maybe just that element of Frank being so exasperated, You know, so at his wits' end. Like I feel
1: like I like him more when he's in control, uh-huh. and he's not in control. In right. Episode. But this is something that touches his very being, his spirituality, his beliefs are really at the core of who he is. We'll find out if that's true as we move on, but I think you're going to find that out. Yeah. So. And he did. He did say he wanted five more minutes so he could get the confession. So he actually, you know, he says it basically. Yeah. He said that to G. right? Yeah.
0: Isn't it so weird that we know we're watching now... What like a tremendous actor huh. uh who is about to ask his writing staff for a meteor role. Right? Like look at what he did in these three episodes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like what is he look what is he looking for? Well, as we, you know, were able to speak with him recently, um he said he got how great this role was. And I think once he got that, I'm sure he they kind of pushed each other like this guy can do it, wants to do it. We probably pushed them. Bring it on. Yeah. So but yeah. at the end. So So what was her real motivation for killing? Did you understand that? Or I didn't get it. I mean so something about the gloves. Right? Yeah. Which was kind of like a through
0: line that's being tacked onto and almost like you feel like the story resolves once they find the killer. And then you're like, wait a second, I do want to know about these gloves. So Frank goes back and we have kind of a scene that, that mirrors their scene in the box together, except there is like definitely a position change. Like you feel like she has the higher ground. Frank is seeking her out, right? He's turning himself in where she turned herself in before. And she talks about her mom wearing the white gloves and that it was like some kind of era of sophistication. And when she was
1: buried. She made sure she was buried with white gloves. So why does Frank laugh, though? So is, is, yeah. is he not buying everything she said? Or it's part of her act? That's what I get out of it, it. It might just be like,
0: for him. I So I was thinking about that a lot. <laughs> what I think it does tonally in the show is that it changes the status. Who's the crazy one in there? She is, I think. Well, once he starts laughing, though, right. like, I think he's scaring her. And she's telling him, she's like, stop laughing, stop yeah. laughing. Yeah. So he's he's beating her at her own game yeah. by coming across as totally unhinged. Yeah. I think probably where that comes from, where, where I was in the moment, I was like, okay, well, he's just reacting like this because he just, like we did, spent three episodes of his time trying to figure out what does this clue mean? And ultimately, it's meaningless. Right. It's some weird affectation that she had. There was... There's nothing to be gleaned from that. So maybe he went there looking for some kind of answer and got back more of this confusion, which seems to be mirroring every other instance of his
1: life. And, And I think he just didn't buy her. It was just another... Even though she might have believed it, it was just another act in her repertoire. Yeah, right. That he didn't take, you know. It sounded good, but he's like, nah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like interesting, interesting storyline. A bold move, I think, to start out with, especially for where this show was at to start off their third se- season with a three-episode arc. Right. Knowing that you need to stitch
1: people in for three episodes. Right. Is a pretty bold move? I'm sure NBC liked that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it gave you a reason to tune in next week.
0: But it, it, uh, there are elements of this that feel so different. This case does not even, like, hold a candle to the case of Adina Watson. Oh, um, no. You know? So like, no. so, like, I think they were definitely trying to replicate that magic, set up a story that people would be really intrigued in to follow right. along. There are so many, like, hot-button issues with this, the religion thing, right. and then uh, bringing all the cops in and
1: everything. You know, you saying that just reminds me what a tremendous start that was to the show. That that Adina Watson thing resonates with me to this day. Right. It resonates in the show. That was like the greatest murder they ever investigated. Right. Right. It was awesome. And that's where they start. That's, right. where, that's they where they start. start. That's their problem. Yeah. Yeah. Where did they go? Right. I mean, like you can
0: tell they're, they're reinventing the show in the third season. We talked about that a lot in the last couple episodes, about the way that this is different. And this episode is no different than that. Uh, there's a lot... It's a lot more stylized now. Yeah. The music... music. The music is, like, still so strange to me. Yeah. And, like, the the sensational stories. I think the stories are becoming a little bit more sensational. We're not seeing them. It is more about the murders and the murderers being interesting. And it is the show being more like titillating than just kind of uh fly on the
1: wall character I, th- I think that's gonna change a little. Mm. But we'll see. Right. No, I agree. I agree. But and I think I think this was the way to restart season. It's not done in a necessarily tasteless
0: <laughs> way. Right. But it is definitely a reconfiguring of the show. I agree. Um but was was there other stuff on? That's really all I had. You know, it's funny that uh Danvers's name was in the opening credits. I was like, "Oh, cool. Maybe we're going to see him and Kay going on a on a date or something." Maybe we'll revisit that storyline. And no, he is in the episode, but he's talking about this storyline. Right. He's talking right. about this killer and trying right. to defend against
1: it or whatever or prosecute. Um, you want to talk about the uh, the bar? <laughs> I with guess. Jim? I mean, there's not much to say. <laughs>
0: Why did they do this? Why did they put this story in this episode?
1: I don't know. They always want some comic yeah. relief. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if it's funny. <laughs> so they're uh,
0: in the process of getting things all signed off. All their uh, ropes tied off. Line, whatever. not Strings tied up. Uh, to get the bar open. And... Him like all of a sudden decides that he wants to be like really into yeah the process and and not only that but he's got this like really weird anti-government vibe that he's putting out so he's he's given a hard time to um, to Munch and to Lewis and he's also given a hard time to the guy who's just about to close it yeah um yeah I mean I don't know They, they just seemed so they stuck out like a sore thumb in this episode. Everything else is so emotional and so, like, over-the-top that these just felt, like, way too, like, tacked on or, or an afterthought, I guess. Um, I mean, I love it, though. I love those characters, you know? And they're doing something that I think is more is almost more believable than some of the other stuff we're seeing in the episode. At least to what we know about the characters. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Tim's, like, kind of all over the place right now with this storyline. But there's like what two or three scenes of that, in yeah, this? yeah, 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 little scenes, yeah, pretty quick, but um, but yeah, and then nothing happens at the end. They basically, I guess, they get everything okay, yeah. Um, but they're really, I mean, they're they are taking their time with this storyline. They've set it up, they've introduced it. Now you know they have seasons worth of whatever stuff. silly stuff they want to do, yeah, to just go back to this well, owning the bar. Um so I guess you want to talk about uh, Bo yeah. and the, yeah. the the love triangle <laughs> of Bo and Russert and sometimes Kay is involved and Beth his wife., um, we've been seeing this kind of like play out. and it's taking the character that we like were, was always like the bad guy, right? The easy punching bag is Bo Felton, yes. It seems like he's the least put together the least satisfying stoppiest guy right <laughs> in every way right? Like, right in every way a lot of red up there like yeah. his shirts look like they're probably never tucked in um, so yeah so they're and now they're putting him in a really dramatic storyline about him you know wanting to be around his kids and stuff and this affair with Russert I think actually it, it's like a pretty tasteful way of bringing that character into the show Um, in a a story that I feel like this show never would have touched in the first two seasons. Agree with that statement. You know what sure. I mean, like, um, but
1: uh, whatever. It's doing what it's doing. But but let me ask you this question. Maybe I'm done. Why did they break up? What 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 happened? And did I miss something? Right. What was the actual like incident? Yeah. Like did what? Why why did she say, "Oh, it's over"? She got that from him, it sounded like. Wait, right. wait, wait, Beth? You're saying him and his wife? No, him no, him, him and Russert. Yeah, so Russert
0: calls it off at the end.
1: Well, w- why?
0: <laughs> I think, well, Kay finally brought it up, right? So this is the first time Kay and Russert are talking about it. Yes. This. So that's gotta okay. be a big sign to her. All right. This is affecting. It's getting it's getting out there. Yeah. Well, uh, right, it's getting out there for right. I didn't even think of that. Right. But it's getting out there, and then also it's pr- spilling over to work. Right. So this is not just a harmless thing right. anymore. But there's that moment where she actually sees Beth, where Beth comes in looking for Bo. Russert knows who Beth is. Beth doesn't know who Russert is. And I think there's a moment... I mean, Russert is a single mom. And I think she sees it in her another single mom. And yeah. she knows what she's... Up against. Yeah, together. right? And how, right. and how like, what she probably needs is Bo in her yeah. life. Interesting. So I, I think it's that moment where she just has this, like, empathetical...
1: You know, breakthrough where she's like, he, but I, 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 I don't want to be negative, but I gotta say, overall, did you care? No. <laughs> All right. No. I thought it was me. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Which is not good. Yeah. We should. I mean, you always want us to care, and I'm just like, actually, ah, so they broke up. Yeah. Who cares? That's not good. You know what like? The the story feels like it's like devoid of any like
0: ethical stakes. You know, so like, whereas we're watching on one hand, Frank really like, really embroiled in this inner conflict about what he believes and what the world is to him. Right? We're just kind of seeing like, Bo,
1: like, yeah, he misses his kids, but like. But you've seen that a million times in a million shows. Yeah. Uh, to me, they didn't what's what's homicide's ability to show you things other shows don't show you, or to show you what another show has shown you in a completely different way? This wasn't yeah. this was like every other breakup <laughs> with kids, yeah, and sorry, but this is homicide. This is one of the greatest television shows. Of all time, I expect
0: more. Yeah, right. sorry, right? No, I think I think sorry, you're absolutely right.
1: and that's that's the thing is like there's nothing.
0: Why does he go back? What 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 compels him to make this decision? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I guess he wants to be around his kids, but like we've been hearing him say that all the time. It never really comes to a head. And you know, and, and, and
1: by the way, remember his wife is slightly nuts. Right. Yeah. Right. She's under her mind. True. 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 I think they uh, don't address that. The only thing that we have to relate to
0: these characters is the decisions that they make, and this one it feels like Bo really kind of like got out of having to make a decision. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's uh, this is pretty unsatisfying. It's interesting. I really love the character. I love I love Russert being on the show. Yeah, so I I'm, like her a lot. Yeah, and uh, but I don't think like I feel any differently towards Bo Be- Felton now. Agree. Uh he's the same guy he was before. Um it's almost like a it's like if like a coworker or like a friend of a friend tells you a really long story about them that you don't care about. Right. You know, right. like that's right. what I just
1: got from. Yeah. The yeah. Which again, uh, it's I'm I'm sorry that's the case. Right. Yeah, I mean we like we were talking
0: <clears throat> before we even started this and I guess that really kind of covers everything, right? Is there anything else? I, I think we picked up on all the major things. Um, yeah, I don't think
1: there's there's too much happening in here that we haven't
0: and covered. And they really
1: set up almost nothing yeah, right. in the future. right? I mean, there was no case they're working on that I can remember. Now, the only thing we didn't mention was, who they say is coming back next week? Uh, Corsetti. Right. Cressetti. Coming back City. from Atlantic City or something. Yeah, so that is going to be interesting. Yeah, there's a there's to a bombs bombshell channel. coming. Yeah. That's the only thing they set up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, so we were just going to start talking about before we actually hit record, and we've learned <laughs> that like we should not not do that. Record yeah. and then talk. But
1: um, what what were your thoughts about the episode in general? You know I. It's not one of my favorites. Because again, I don't care about Bo. As I mentioned before, any closing of a multi-part episode is always probably going to be the weakest because the pursuit of all the craziness is over. So I didn't think it was that compelling of an episode. The scenes with Frank were awesome. Yeah. Him screaming, crying yelling getting mad getting intimate with her he by far stood head and shoulders about everybody yeah yeah that was definitely the I mean
0: look it's the it is the main focus of the episode right there's that storyline it is the most interesting one um and not even close right right and and it feels the most homicide in the monolith of what we perceive homicide to be. Right. And these, you, you know, like, in the first two seasons, this Bo story would be told by his work performance, you know? Like, you would see him not being great at his yeah. job and be being like what's going on. And I think that's, you know, they did do that, they did kind of introduce it a little bit like that. But, like, you never saw them go home. You know, you saw them at work. You saw that's them good point. Home. And I feel like this is really a different perspective of these characters it's a little bit more like intimate and it's not as gritty and realistic you know and i think again that resolution really coming without any stakes kind of feels
1: like a let it a let down david simon says all the time they make you love the characters and then they rip your heart out yeah by hurting them by killing them by making bad things happen to them, but if you don't relate to that character, you you, you don't care. Right. But that's when the show, like we love Frank, we, we we didn't want to see him go crazy. We did, but we didn't. Yeah. And once you don't have that connection, I mean, it's not as a good show. It's law and order. Things just happen. Right
0: yeah um, yeah and like I I think too like also this this uh, I I, I gave her credit the actress who played the killer yes she does a fantastic job in the episode she is totally unbelievable I mean I understand that people with multiple personality disorder do exist or whatever but I feel like that is a heightened version like that's almost like exploited in this episode in order to tell an interesting story like it doesn't feel very grounded no even I can't imagine that like the actual I I don't know I don't I don't want to talk to you out of school but uh you know like are, do people with multiple personality disorders are they as like the, are they the way that she was portrayed in this yeah, show no or was that just kind of you know right what did, what did you think of the episode I think it's I understand <laughs> I understand it's I don't love it I don't love it but I understand what they're doing I can kind of see
1: you know the writing on the wall a little bit. It's funny because I didn't think, in my weird memory of the show, remember I haven't seen in a while, that they went down this road so quickly. Yeah. My memory tells me they didn't do this for a while, so let's see what happens. Right. Yeah. Did they pull back a little bit. Yeah. I. Yeah. It, again, maybe also. Well, no. I mean. I
0: was going to say, like, maybe we're just looking for it, but no. Like, they made that joke in the first episode of this season. Oh, yeah. They were calling out, like, yeah, get ready, this is what's happening.
1: Right. You know, and like that. With like the whole you know, sexy scenes bit. Yeah, yeah. Partial nudity. <laughs> Come on. And they do all those things. Yeah, stuff that this show, like, n- like never needed Right, never get. went near.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we, we've got another, like, couple seasons of, like, real, true top-shelf homicide moments. I think we still have a a bunch of those left. So it'll be interesting to see, I guess, how this kind of works in,
1: this change in tone of the show. I mean, I know there's some great scenes coming up about Chris Yeah. Things like that. So I'm looking forward to those. We need more Meldrick.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? It also feels, too, like this... One thing that I I think I dislike... About this episode. This episode was pretty long, too. It was 47 minutes, 48 minutes. Uh, Usually they're like 42, 41. Um, But uh, I feel like we spent so much time focusing on so few characters that there are people... I miss uh, Bolander. Sure. He was in like, what, two two or three scenes? And that's it. That's it. I miss Munch, right? We, we're right. seeing him as a businessman, not doing Munch stuff. You're right. I miss Tim Bayless. Like, he's in this episode for sure, but he's not actually involved in anything. No, no. He's just kind of, like, there. And Kay... A good point. Kay, we miss, like, almost Kay completely these three episodes. We're, we're getting her take on this Beau Felton thing and her kind of being disoriented. And we really... I When I think of Kay, I don't think of her like that. You know, so we're getting... You're right. She's been cast in certain role yeah. in that too and I know, that's a good point I know that's something we have to look forward to too over the next kind of two or three seasons she, that character is just incredible like and does so many incredible things um, so I'm excited for that for sure but I feel like this was maybe some of Kay's weaker
1: moments plot wise I, I would I would definitely concur mm. so winners losers Frank Pendleton yeah for sure Losers, it's always about film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one else was in the show. Right. Because, again, he couldn't make me care as a character. And, again, it's not his fault. But it's like, you broke up with her? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? All right. Well, I'll pick, just for
0: the sake of, of picking something different, I'll pick G as my winner. Because, yeah, Fat did have some really great, like, over-the-top, like, stock editing footage lines. In that interrogation scene. Everything he says was funny to me. Um, and then my loser I'll put as Bolander. Only because he he had that like really weird cold open. Yes. He was complaining about Canadian football. And then just like disappeared. That was it. I would, I would have liked to have seen him talk more about Canadian football. Five more minutes would have been awesome. But Joe, how do people contact us? They can email us. Our email address, of course, as I pull up on the computer here, from red to blackpod at gmail.com.
1: And we will answer them. Yes,
0: please. Uh, we love getting them. We get a bunch of them. So keep it up. We really appreciate it. And uh, also, you can uh, hunt us down on uh, Twitter as well. Um, our Twitter handle
1: is, what, uh, Red to Black Pod? Right. At Red to Black Pod. And again, if you want to give us a rating, go ahead. But, you know, the most important thing is to listen. We we want to share our passion. We heard that it comes through. We certainly hope that it comes through. Because it, it's, it's worthwhile to talk about. Yeah, right. It's so fun. And we know
0: what it's like to wade through a world that doesn't have a Homicide Life on the Street podcast. So we said we had to do it ourselves. So we're here for you. So... That's another episode that we can switch over from red to black. Goodbye. See you next week.